Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT. I'm Joey. And today, guys, we are getting into Better Recovery for BJJ Part 2. Now, we did we did get into what you should be doing around uh, class time, before class, you know, during class, and now we're going to talk about what you can do. That was in Part 1. It was a couple of weeks ago. We're going to talk about what you can do after class to improve your recovery. Yeah, what was the, um, I guess the thing we were saying there was that you like the recovery process is is always occurring like you're always recovering from training yes so it doesn't just start with like after training mm. right because you've trained the day before or a couple of days before so what you're doing at the gym and what you're doing uh, you know immediately following your, your rolling and whatever that's part of the recovery uh today we're going into what happens when we get home right yeah what, what we're doing straight after so the first checkpoint uh with our poster training post-training recovery is nutrition, post-training nutrition. What are we doing immediately after training to ensure that we're bouncing back as quick as possible so that if we intend to do this the next day or we intend to just be healthy the next day, what do we need to do straight after training with our nutrition? Yeah, like even if you just intend to wake up and not feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, there's like, that. I mean, there's always the upside. I mean, don't get me wrong. eat right. I know you guys do love those post jujitsu training vibes the next day where you wake up and feel like you've been hit by a truck i love jujitsu yes feel like shit today so great (laughs) but um i i think this is this is something that probably doesn't get talked about enough i mean it gets talked about a lot in uh, bodybuilding circles uh crossfit pretty much any athlete uh, in any sport has a post-training nutrition approach but when you talk to jits folk it's just non-existent so well, yeah, so I can. Um, I think one of the one of the issues with jujitsu that I think um, probably a lot of people experience, but maybe don't don't um, put two and two together, is that because it's so high intensity uh, rolling in class, and every you know you always finish a class with a bunch of rounds. Um, you know, it's very exciting for the nervous system, so you're super upregulated, and any kind of upregulated activity, uh, it. it suppresses appetite yes so i knew this for years like i would leave training and i would uh, and this would happen when i train in it at like mid-morning lunchtime evening didn't matter but i'd leave and i'd fucking you know you're like oh i better eat and then you go somewhere and you get food and then you're like looking at this food and you're like, Man, i can't fucking eat not hungry i'm not yeah. like i'll drink the drink maybe i'll pick up the rice a little bit but you, <laughs> you don't you know yeah you got to kind of you do have to make a conscious effort to do it like you can't you kind of have to bring yourself to do it but you can do it in small chunks right so i mean for example and i've recommended this before to our community group that to have some form of simple carbohydrates post-workout isn't a bad thing now some people like a protein shake some people like to have a shaker with some whey protein something like that because it's easy to consume uh you know it's not messy easy to do but what i have said to to people and people have actually had a fair bit of success with this shout out frank barker uh from 10th planet 
um, in Victoria, head of 10th Planet. He loved this because Frank is originally an endurance athlete, a triathlete at heart. So he, this spoke to him very much. As I said, well, as opposed to putting like maltodextrone, which is just a very simple powdered carbohydrate, which often bodybuilders would consume in a shake, you could have, for example, your favorite cereal post-workout. Like there was a study that was done not that long ago that showed that chocolate milk was better for recovery than um, Gatorade. It's like, yeah, of course, because yeah, it's got sugar in it, but it also has protein in it. But not everybody vibes with dairy, so chocolate milk may not be your jam. But what I had said is depending on what you're into, I don't usually drink milk. I usually have oat milk because I'm a wanker like that. Uh, <laughs> just I lived in Melbourne too long. Um, I This is something that I've encouraged people to do and I, I will do sometimes myself is literally I, I will have uh, like a Tupperware with uh, cornflakes in it and just oat milk that's easy for me to organize that may not be the right thing for you but having a small amount of simple carbohydrates helps regulate blood sugar level stops you bottoming out and starts you back on the recovery process yeah i think um i think i don't necessarily um in keeping the broader perspective of good nutrition post training sure i don't want to make a blanket recommendation that people should go and smash a bowl of cereal <laughs> okay yeah, right we, that's not the that's um, not the standard yeah era. well i'm uh, yeah but there is benefit to what you're saying right which is you are getting a serve of um easy to digest carbohydrates right which comes through the, the the refined grains which are in the cereal so that helps to replenish glycogen in the muscles and then you're also getting the milk which has a bit of protein like so it is quite nourishing and the thing is with after training you don't, and this goes the same for whether you're lifting weights or you train jiu-jitsu, you ideally want something that's um, easier to digest because your body can access those nutrients faster and your body's already having a hard time recovering from what it's doing. So if you go and put in like a bunch of harder to digest food, so think of like eating a bunch of red meat um, and a bunch of really high fibrous like vegetables and like brown rice and stuff, all really quality foods, good things, but they take longer to break down. So mm. on that same token though, um, I wouldn't recommend, say, overloading on extremely refined carbohydrates for someone who's trying to, say, lose body fat. Sure. Right? So we've got to take that information with a grain of salt. Um, look, what has, what has worked well for me over the years um, is first identifying why it is that I don't have an appetite. Mm. And it's that upregulated state of the nervous system. Yep. So that then tells me, all right, well, I need to calm the nervous system a little bit. And once I can bring that down, so that's down regulation, I actually put myself into a position to have an appetite and feel somewhat hungry. Yep. And what we spoke about in the first episode was uh, a little bit of flexibility, like a bit of stretching after class, a bit of nasal breathing. That will help to downregulate the nervous system. Um, I find that if I have that sort of 10 to 15 minute close to the session, once I get home and I, have a, I like to have a hot shower, um, sometimes I might have a quick shower and then jump in a bath with some Epsom salts. But if I do that, by the time I'm sort of, I get, I'm downstairs and, and about to eat dinner, which is usually later than is ideal, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, I'm hungry. Sure. Right. If I fulfilled those things, I'm hungry. Yeah. Whereas I remember when I used to train during the day, yes. I'd go pour harder for fucking 60 minutes at class. And then I'd go down to the shopping arcade just outside from the gym yeah. and I'd buy food. Yeah. And then I'd try and sit there and eat it. I hadn't had a shower. I hadn't had the drive home where I'm listening to a podcast. Yeah. I hadn't done any stretching or breathing. Yes. And I'm like, I can't fucking eat. Yeah. I, so I, think, I think that little process is really important. I think so too. And I think this is where you don't take cues from me, guys, because I'm always hungry. 
<laughs> like I don't, I don't experience this problem of not being able to eat. Like uh, it's just how much. But no, I think you you're entirely right there, Joe. And having a warm down process, even though it seems natural or normal that we would have a, a physical warm down, just in terms of our muscles and our circulation actually re-regulating your nervous system so if we talk about your metabolism as catabolism which is breaking down catabolize and anabolism we think anabolic which is the growth side of your metabolism to make that switch that change um because anabolism is about digestion and repair and your body healing again the longer you're in catabolism your body is think cannibal breaking itself down i'll go deeper Oh, <laughs> the longer, the longer it takes you to come back. So we've got yeah. to flip that switch. And, and f- you know, to put that into simple terms, when you're training hard, you're in a catabolic state. You yes. are breaking down muscle tissue. Like everything is, sugar, is, everything. is breaking down. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, like JT said, when you're recovering, this is the growth phase. And we want to get like good recovery gets us into that growth phase as soon as possible, as soon as possible. and optimizes that process so that we recover faster and can train harder the next day. Yeah. And so when we do get to that stage where we can eat, so we've done our certain activities to try and calm ourselves down a bit and, and, and we've got some appetite. For you, Joe, um, now obviously you have been losing some weight for comp and so you have a certain eating regime around that, but you're oh. below 85 kilos today, 84 and a half. Oh, look at him. He looks that? like he's all of 105. So big. <laughs> Uh, like a julienne salad over here except for his fat head um (laughs) (laughs) but uh so that said what are you eating for dinner man what are you eating man look so i yeah so look because i'm trying to drop a bit of weight the one of the main things for me is that eating has become quite structured and snacks are kind of out of the equation yep so when i'm going into training um because i go train in the evening so when i go into training about an hour and a half four i will have a protein shake and a banana. So yep. that's like my, my, my protein and my carbohydrates. Yep. And they will kind of adequately, like I've eaten throughout the day, but they will fuel me and they will be there. When I finish training, that protein is in the system, that carbohydrate is in the system, right? When I get home, uh, I will just go for a very, um, like a very standard dinner of big serving of carbohydrates. So for me, that's um, whatever, white rice, brown rice, sweet potato, potatoes, Yep. generally. Um, a, 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 a chunky serve of protein. So like a fist serve of protein, which is about, uh, is going to get me about 45 to 50 grams of protein. So whatever that is, I might've cooked some lamb in the slow cooker. I might've cooked some chicken. It really could be anything. Um, always delicious, always organic, always fucking bang on. Um, <laughs> on point. And then uh, serving of vegetables. And yes. so I'll either, you know, have roasted veggies or some cooked veggies or I'll have some kind of salad. But I always have that. And that's really what my dinner will be every time. Um, I, I used to rush home and try to get it in as quick as I could so that I could get to bed as early as possible. And what I found was that that was adding like pressure to the situation. It made me enjoy my food less. And it also fucked with my appetite. So what I've found now is I don't rush. I accept that it's going to be a later night. Yep. And it's going to be later by like 20 minutes, sure. right? Than if I had have rushed. Yep. Um, but- my appetite's there. I can enjoy my meal. I can chill out a bit. Sometimes I might have a glass of like coconut water or something like that yep. or homemade kombucha, like just a little thing. And that's, and that's pretty much my post-training meal. Yep. And then I'll pump some magnesium afterwards. Magnesium, that's what I was going to say. That's definitely something we have in common in that way. 
I mean, what, what do you do when you're going? Like, do you train in the evenings much anymore? I don't really train in the evenings. I find that that actually really messes with me. My magic formula, guys, is I like to get my hardest training done in the first half of the day. And then the latter half of the day is more low key. So I tend to do, if I'm doing any training at night or in the evening, it'll be uh, weight training. Uh, I find that's better for my recovery. And I get up very early, as you know. Um, and I find that I tend to be super low quality if I train jujitsu at night and then get up at 4.30 the next day. It's just, it's, it's not- brutal. It's not a good- If you're an formula. early riser, training jujitsu at night is just not sustainable. No, and plus I'm trying to keep my quality high because it's not like I'm just getting up early and, and looking after myself. I've got to teach jujitsu. So for all of you instructors out there who are taking morning class, I know it's tough because for some of you, you do have to take the evening class. But what I would recommend um, is if you are busier in the mornings, find a way to be able to, handball that responsibility off so you can actually relax in the evening and get your sleep i think our dinners are very similar regardless um i think in general i eat a lot more uh but i eat i'm busier in the first half of the day but i eat more in the latter half of the day if that makes sense i keep my eating pretty light through the first half of the day because i also know that that's when i'll be training whether it's lifting weights or doing jujitsu or whatever i might be doing and then after lunchtime uh, I'm, I kind of have an eating window, which is kind of, you know, 12.30 till 8.30, and I will eat crazy level amount of calories. Uh, but I just keep it within that, and I always try and eat healthy. But that thing about magnesium, uh, for me guys too, as somebody who consumes a lot of caffeine and generally is a little bit higher on the frequency side of things, uh, having that routine like, before. Like a, um, like a relationship with Jesus, that kind of frequency? <laughs> well, <laughs> Udeus. I, are you saying <laughs> that I, I... Well, look, I've been compared to a lot of things, uh, Joe, but your relationship with me, if you're saying that's like a relationship with Jesus, <laughs> that's fine. You can say that. But uh, no, guys, I think it's one of those things that um, I'm probably a little bit on the hyper side of things and uh, you need to know when to switch that off and know when to kind of calm that down. And having some magnesium before bed is actually one of the most valuable supplemental things you can do. Like we don't It's really high percentage. As far as supplements go, it's extremely high percentage. Yeah, just for your, your muscle recovery, muscle soreness, and actually helping you get a, a deeper sleep. But that's where we start to move into, like we've already touched on down regulation, but once you have eaten dinner, what is it that you are doing between, what is your warm down routine for your brain between eating and actual sleep time, Joe? All right, so yeah, so down regulation, warming down, essentially trying to calm our 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 state, right? And I think anyone that's trained trains in the evening um, can can vibe with this. Is when you do all of that, you have your dinner, whatever, showered and whatnot, and then you jump into bed and you're like wide awake, mm. and you're like, man, I trained so hard like tonight, and I was up early this morning. I should be asleep right now, mm. but for whatever reason, you just can't fucking sleep. So this is, I mean, this is a couple of things. Could be your circadian rhythm. Maybe you fucked up the timings there. But more than likely, you're still upregulated. Your body still thinks it's in the, in the gym sparring. Um, and so how do we then get ourselves into a position where we can actually fall asleep? Um, again, if I've done those other things well, so I've had the shower or the bath, I've had the meal, I've had some water, had some magnesium, there's two things that I do that are kind of, um, I would say essential for me. One is I like to take 15 to 30 minutes and I say like 15, I'll make it shorter 
if I'm pressed for time and I'm like, man, I, I can't go to bed at fucking 11.30. Like, sure. I got to get to sleep at some point. I got to start work tomorrow. Um, but I will, so, I will sometimes, I will make a, we call it a hot drink in my household, Misa and I. Okay. It's, it's not tea, it's not coffee, it's a coffee substitute. Oh, and it's, this it's, stuff. Yeah, you what know this it? stuff. It's chicory root. <laughs> it's yeah. like a coffee substitute that doesn't have caffeine in it. Guys, it really, it tastes super average. It's but terrible. It's the, but I mean, it's the it ritual where it's like, yeah. boil the kettle, put a scoop of the stuff in, a little bit of milk. And then I go and sit and I'll probably sit in front of the TV and I'll just fucking veg out for 15 to 30 minutes. I'll either watch, maybe I'll watch some UFC or I'll watch something on YouTube or, mm. you know, maybe I'll listen to an episode of the Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. Oh, and imagine. Just catch up with a bit of JT. <laughs> um, get my dose for the evening. <laughs> Um, but I, I will just do that and, and just sitting on the couch and just allowing myself to be mindless for a little bit mm. goes a long way. Yeah. Um, the second thing that I'll do is I'll go upstairs and I have my, my nighttime routine in terms of like floss and brush and what I get all that done. But then I like to read when I get to bed yes. and I won't, I don't read for a long time. Usually I, I get in, my partner's already asleep. I get in, I turn my little nightlight on and I, I open the book of whatever I'm reading and I get it like, one or two pages. Yep. One or two pages and I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't absorb any of that. Yep. And then I'm like, put the book down, go to bed. Go on. And I, I track this with my whoop and it yep. tells me when you report reading in bed, your recovery is like like considerably increased. Yep. It's like five to 10% better. Yeah. Um, and I notice if I do that, it just helps me get to sleep sooner. I, man, great. Great lead in. I'm very much, I have a very good story around this. <laughs> story time, guys. Man, old client get of mine. Get your drink. <laughs> chicory root <laughs> terrible fuck that so shit. average uh but if it works for you um renee good client of mine renee from melbourne shout out renee and she was struggling with sleep and just doesn't do jujitsu lovely lady works her ass off and she was struggling to get to sleep and uh, i said oh she's like yeah i get in bed i just i'm just there i'm wide awake and i said oh have you tried reading she's like yeah i tried that it didn't work and i'm like what do you mean She's like, well, I just, I wouldn't get anywhere with the books, you know, I just, I get a couple of pages in and I just fall asleep. And I'm like, that's the point, Renee. <laughs> you know, it's not actually about reading the book. It's about trying to get to sleep. She's like, oh, no, okay. Like <laughs> so spot on, do, right? Do it, right? And I do the same thing. Um, I mean, my evening routine, I usually get to bed a, a bit earlier than Joe because I haven't got that, uh, necessarily that evening training effort there. Uh but that said, similar kind of deal. I'll usually do a bit of stretching in the evening. Um, I find that helps me with my down regulation. Quality. Uh, just to breathe and just try and get my body to relax a bit more and that I feel better going to bed so I don't wake up as jacked the next day. Uh, definitely magnesium and routine, guys. I think this is the thing we can't stress enough. Whatever it looks like, whether it's Milo or whatever your hot chocolate drink is or whatever you find is like a comforting thing, brings you into a good space, calms you down, that is exceptionally helpful. And the thing which is great about looking at a book as opposed to looking at your phone, and this is, you know, we, this is a mistake we all make. You know, like if I put my uh, phone on um, do not disturb, usually around about 9 o'clock in bed by bef between 9 and 9.30, but essentially – I don't want to worry about anything that's happened that day and I don't really want to think about what's going on tomorrow. I'm just cut that all off so that when I'm reading, and this is the great thing about reading 
because um, some people say, oh, I've got a Kindle or oh, I'm, you know, but the thing is, guys, there's so many associations that you have with your phone, Instagram, Tinder, whatever. Like there's, there's things in there to distract you and make your brain just low key stressed. And some people are like, oh, I have blue light glasses or whatever the hell. Mm. Just the act of you being on your phone actually creates a degree of excitement in your brain. Whereas when you look at light that's reflected off a page, it actually lowers brain activity. And it also gets you to access your prefrontal cortex, which takes you away from the fight or flight instincts of, you know, your hypothalamus and your lizard brain and where all the, where all the hormones are at. So what that does is it actually chills your brain out. And that's why it's so beneficial to pick up a book. So even if you don't count yourself as a bookish person, you don't really like to read per se, it's not really about reading the book. It's the act of reading that gets you more calm. Yeah, it's a great point. And I would, I would say further to that is um, try not to read, try not to read nonfiction. So yeah. don't read your self-development books at night. Don't read, you know, um, I don't know, the transcript of Danaher's latest fucking leg lock series. <laughs> don't read that. That will news. put you to sleep. But it will <laughs> but it's more like don't it's you're not trying to read things that are making you think about you and your words. life yeah. and pro- oh yeah, I gotta get better at this and wow, you know, six habits to be more effective. Save that shit for the daytime because that stuff energizes you. Mm. I've actually started recently reading um, science fiction. Ah, cool. And really quite enjoying it uh, because it's completely, I've, I've never read a lot of nonfiction, but it just takes your brain to somewhere else. It's like watching, it's, it's a story. Yeah. It's completely fictitional. And so, uh, fictitional? Fix, fictitious. Fic, fictional or fictitious. Yes. There you go. Um, so, it, it, that, like, that's really valuable to go to something that's not going to make you reflect about your life. Yep. On the phone piece, one of the best things I ever did for that was I put my phone charger outside of my bedroom. Yeah. And it just, and to me now it seems so rudimentary, but I know so many people, my partner include, who have the phone charger next to the bed. Yeah. And that means that the phone lives next to the bed. Yeah. I can't stress enough. One of the simplest actions I've taken has had the most profound impact because when I'm going up to bed, I put my phone on charge outside my room and then I go into my bedroom and it's like a sacred place. Yes. There's no phone there. There's no blue light. It's just, yeah, it's, it, it's been really effective. Yeah, and I think that's a huge habit I got uh, like years ago uh, from doing like a Czech holistic lifestyle coaching. That was the thing they said about the room being dark and and, and not having your phone and having an alarm clock, which is just like an old analog one, what have you. I can't get my partner to not have her phone in bed and that's fine, that's cool because she will listen to things that help her go to sleep. Like she loves Neil deGrasse Tyson. Mm. So she's like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Who doesn't? Oh God, that velvety yeah. science voice, that mustache. But um, what else? What else do you do in bed? Do you have? Um, <laughs> tell me what else. Oh, you do in bed. Actually, while we're on it, they're a great way to downregulate sexual activity, whether with someone else or just by yourself, <laughs> has been proven to be very effective at downregulating the nervous system. This is true. So if you're really stuck for ideas. <laughs> figure it out <laughs> won't go into explicit yeah. detail uh warning explicit content um, um but yeah what, what else do you do uh, so he, the the thing for me is i sleep cool like that's me uh i got a high metabolism i only really sleep with a sheet uh, whereas my partner sleeps warm and um this is something that you really need to understand guys because if essentially Part of the reason why um, having a bath really helps is it elevates your body temperature higher than it would normally be, which means once you get out, your body starts this cooling mechanism to actually 
like lower metabolism and when you are cooler you get deeper with the sleep joe that you, drop in temperature signals yeah sleep, doesn't it you actually have a very inventive thing which helps you can you speak to that i can speak to that i have a chili pad which some of you may know of if you're into tim ferris you probably heard about it it's a um it's a pad that goes on my bed underneath my fitted um fitted sheet so on top of the mattress and then it's connected to a little motor with some pipes and it pumps water in through this pad and you can set it to pump in cold or, or like anything from like quite cold to quite warm water. So you mm. can cool or heat your bed. Um, yeah, they are, they're not cheap. Uh, it was, it was an investment. However, during the summertime, I don't, I'm not using it now cause it's, it's, it's autumn here and it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But during the summer I run that thing. I get my bed, my mattress super cold. Mm. So when I'm going in to do my night, like to do my teeth brushing and stuff, I turn it on, to its lowest temperature, which is 13 degrees. Okay. And then I go and do all that. And then I jump into bed and it's like, I describe it as crispy. Like it's like, yeah. it's like, ooh, damn, this mattress is a little bit cold. And you like snuggle up, get the blankets, whatever. And then I turn it off. Yeah. And so then it just over the night, cause I found if I don't, I <laughs> like if you don't turn it off or even if you increase the temperature a bit to like whatever, 25 degrees, yeah. I would wake up at like, three in the morning and I'd be like fucking shit because it's so cold like it really works quite well yeah yeah so uh but yeah I found, so you figure out how to use it for yourself but that act like co- having a cool bed um has been quite indulgent and really helpful at getting to getting to sleep definitely and everybody is different in this way like it is relevant to circadian rhythms I know that um my so you know whether this is genetic factors or how you were raised um my Father is a bloody blue-blooded Englishman. Uh, he has a red-hot metabolism. He grew up in really cold temperatures. He sleeps cool. My mum is not. She she rugs up. She you know she has a bloody dressing gown and hoodies and bloody rugs up as much as she wants to be as warm as possible. I think there is a, a, a generally women like to be warmer. This could be a thing. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to speak off piece because I don't. I don't know. But all I'd say is whether you prefer warm or cool or start warm get cooler if you can kind of knock like nail that you're gonna have a better quality sleep so for, for me i definitely know that i need to stay cool and i i basically push all the doona and blankets whatever off onto my partner because i if i get too warm i wake up multiple multiple times and that's just no good for me um and the other thing is too, uh, I sleep on my back and everybody kind of sleeps differently. So this is like, su- it's super important for me to be able to just lie flat on my back and have a firm mattress. If I'm lying on a, like a, I don't know if any of you guys remember back in the nineties, like water beds were like a bit of a, <laughs> they were a bit of a deal. Only in movies. Only in movies. <laughs> well, actually a friend of mine had one, but like, man, you cannot get out of those suckers. <laughs> like if you want scoliosis, get a water bed. Um, but yeah, basically a firm mattress really suits me. And then also for my partner, she likes a really cushy soft mattress. <laughs> <laughs> so when we were traveling overseas, like when we went to the Great US, combination. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, to the ADCC in 2019 in the US, uh, we stayed in a hotel and it had a really firm mattress and I woke up like, man, such a good sleep. I feel great. She woke up next day like, oh, my neck, my back, I'm so sore. Like it could be worthwhile if you have a partner, if you do sleep in the same bed as your partner. Um, it could be worthwhile to even have the split mattress daddy going on. That's, that is something some people do. 
it's an option. Yeah, look, I mean, the thing with sleep, and we could we can go further into this, I think, on another episode because it's such a big one. But you spend, you know, almost half of your life in your bed. Let's say you spend a third of your life third. in your bed. Yeah. Um, if you don't spend that time well, like if you're not sleeping well, and there's things that that you know could be improved, it's really in your best interest to do what you can to change that stuff. And I'm not saying like we're not saying you got to spend whatever it is for a chili powder. Thousands. Yeah, like 800 bucks or something, you know, like pretty, but like, can you increase the airflow in your room? Um, Can you cool it down? Can you, can you get some block out curtains that block Mm -hmm. out, you know, ambient light that are coming through Um, a sleep mask? I I sleep with a sleep mask on. I really like it. Uh, It it falls off through the night, always a funny shape back of the head. But um, it doesn't matter. I put it on. <laughs> wake, wake up just like choking. Like you have this nightmare. You've been it's, smothered it's always, in uh, It's always up mouth. here. Like, like when you put your sunnies up, it's yeah. always like up there. Yeah. Um, but it's like, but you know, what things can you do to improve sleep hygiene? Um, it goes such a long way because every single day you wake up and you feel how well you slept and how you perform that day is very dependent on how well you slept that night before. So it's like, Man, little improvements here and there go a really long way. I would totally agree with like, all right, we'll get your single mattress that suits you. Your partner can get theirs and pull the beds together. Yeah, like sure. that's a fucking great solution. Yeah, look, I, I know that sounds kind of, it sounds almost unreasonable for some people, but uh, this is something I want to say. Like if I'm talking with somebody, someone who I've never met and they're talking to me about training, I will ask them three questions. I'm like, okay, how often a week are you training relevant to your goals? If the training is enough for the goals and they're not having success, I go, okay, how are you eating? And if they're like, oh, my diet's garbage, I'm like, okay, huge. Like, not a red flag, but okay, there's work to do there. How are you sleeping? Oh, I don't sleep. I've this, that, this, different reasons. All right, well, maybe the actual training is good. And these other two factors are massive. So if you... If you are assessing this for yourself, guys, you're out there in, in the land of BJJ and you're like, man, how do I get more out of my jiu-jitsu? There's a lot to be found in and around it. And this is what we're talking about in terms of getting you to bounce back. You might be doing your stretches. You might be lifting your weights. You might be rolling really well and you've got a plan and blah, blah, blah. But if you're not bringing conscious attention to your nutrition uh, during the day as well as post-traino so you can bounce back, and then also you're not really thinking about how well you sleep because literally your actions dictate how well you sleep. It's not some magical thing outside of you. Um, this is going to really affect your jujitsu. Yeah, those things will push the needle. Yeah. Um, something interesting I've learned from using this, this whoop is that it tells me uh, – so when I – when I count how much I've slept at night, like say I go to bed at 10.30 and I wake up at 6.30, I'm like, oh, like I got into bed at 10.30, probably fell asleep at 11, um, got up at 6.30, what's that? It's like seven and a half hours sleep. Sure. Uh, but the whoop actually tells me, and this is probably a little bit higher because I've got a newborn in the room with this, um, but with all of the disturbances I have through the night and I can see them on a chart, yep. um, I actually lose about 50 to 60 minutes total per night in disturbances mm. so what i thought was seven and a half hours is actually six and a half hours right yeah or six hours 40 minutes and it's like well that's really considerable because when i'm when i'm like having those late nights where i'm up early the next day and i'm like oh it's okay i'm still getting six hours sleep i'm you know like bare minimum i'm still getting six yeah. 
So no, you're actually getting like five. Dang. Yeah. And I look at that and when I see the data, I'm like, fuck, my heart breaks a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> I slept five hours and three minutes last yeah. night. Like that's shit. It's tough. But I mean, you're a new dad. So that you've gone from being the, the I guess, very health conscious not single, but like- I, I've always been shit at sleep. <laughs> I've always been shit at it. Okay. But yeah, totally. Like it is somewhat, it's not as much in my control right yeah. now as it once was because I got a baby. Sure. And you know, you have to make allowances for that, right? Sure. For any of the new parents out there, of course, it's it comes with the territory. However, that informs me of, well, maybe I didn't need to watch as much TV last sure. night. Sure. Maybe I could have just been a little bit more efficient with cleaning the kitchen and like getting to bed. Maybe I didn't have to fuck around and, and stay around the gym 30 minutes later chatting about <laughs> the fucking latest UFC results last night. You know what I mean? You're like, I, I could Charles have done- Charles Bronx, am yeah. I right? I'm so fucking happy for Bronx. <laughs> Oliveira, my um, man. Thanks for listening, Charles. <laughs> um, Shout out to the favelas. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, it, it, it more informs my behavior outside of that. I'm like, I could have done better. But I guess this is something that I, I just want to speak to right now, guys. Um, Joe is conscious and measuring his sleep. If, and we're not saying, oh, you've got to go out and get a whoop, or we're not saying, oh, you have to have a step tracker, but you, it's definitely worth, if you have a journal, you have a training diary, to actually write down how much did I sleep last night and what was the quality. So how many hours, because sometimes you might sleep six hours and be like, oh, I feel pretty good because maybe it was deep or maybe you had eight and a half and it was broken, it wasn't as good. Your recovery will dictate performance. Flip that coin, your performance is reflective of your recovery. If you're not performing well, you're generally under-recovered, right? So even if you don't have a trackable, you're not into that, wearable, what have you, that's okay. But you should be keeping track of how much sleep you're getting and then it's down to actually analyzing, am I doing the right thing to make this better? Because that is definitely going to move the needle. Spot on. All right, I think that's what we need. That's us. I wanted to give a shout out today to one of our people, fella named Mark, came through on the Instagram, Warden Spirit. Oof. Yeah, it's a powerful it's fucking a powerful Instagram handle. Name, man. Um, messaged me this week. Uh, he posted about the podcast a couple of times. I got back to him, man, thanks for sharing. I, it's always, it blows me away when people want to share our, our show with others. Um, but this fella is... He's living in the UK. He works for the ambulance service, so he's a frontline worker. These guys have had a shit run through COVID. Oof, tough. They're just about to come out of lockdown. Yep. Um, and that means Jiu-Jitsu Academy is going to open back up. It, it's been over a year, yes. I think, for, for people over there. UK. And, and he's been planning to start his Jiu-Jitsu journey. He starts it uh, in June, I think he said. Okay. So he's super excited, and I believe he's been listening to our podcast to get prepped for that. Nice. Yeah, and I'm like, man, that's so fucking awesome. I'm really happy for you. Um, He asked me a couple of questions about training at home and stuff, and and we'll venture to to explore that a little bit more in a future episode. But I just wanted to give a shout-out to him. Good on you, Mark. I hope the journey goes well, and thank you for supporting the show. And I would like to give a shout-out to our homies in Columbus, Ohio. Shout out, there's actually a bunch of you, or maybe it's just one of you listen to us a lot. <laughs> but uh, it's so cool, guys. Like this is something which I, I never would imagine uh, when we go in and we have a look at who's listening to us. Uh, we see you and we want to be of service to you. So uh, if you have questions and or you have suggestions for future podcasts, we do have a structure that we keep to, but we definitely have like a, a – a community like BJJ problems, part of what we do, reach out to us on Instagram, send us a DM, let us know what you think. 
Um, constructive feedback is always welcome. And if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or get deep on, uh, definitely hit us up on at Bulletproof for BJJ on Instagram and we will answer the call. Yep. Uh, if you need any help or you want to check out the program, there's a seven-day free trial, bulletproofforbjj.com. Strength, mobility, recovery, it's all in there. Um, use the code BULLETPROOF10 to get a 10% discount. Um, yeah, thank you guys for supporting. We'll see you next week. Appreciate y'all. Thank you, Joey. Hey, cheers, JT. Bye.